This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello and welcome to a new broadcast coming to you from Radio Romania International Studios in Bucharest. I'm Vlad Palku. Let's look at the top stories. President Klaus Johannes and Princess Margareta of the Royal House of Romania are attending the coronation of King Charles III. Romania has some of the cheapest prices for fuel at EU level and the government has adopted a roadmap for the signing of funding contracts for 27 hospitals. Romania's President Klaus Johannes is attending the coronation of King Charles III of the United Kingdom in London. On Friday, the President is attending the reception of heads of delegation at Buckingham Palace, while on Saturday he will be attending the coronation ceremony. Custodian of the Crown of Romania, Princess Margareta and Prince Consort Radu attended a number of related ceremonies yesterday. On Saturday morning, the King's coronation procession will take King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey. Romanian media describes King Charles as a great friend of Romania, a country where he holds several estates and which he has visited periodically in the last two decades. King Charles has constantly helped preserve and popularize traditions and customs in Transylvania, which remain an object of fascination. Major General Christopher John Gika, the general commander of the Household Division, which guards the British monarch and the royal palaces, will oversee the coronation of King Charles III. Christopher Gika is a princely scion of the Romanian Gika dynasty and the current commander of His Royal Majesty's Guard. Around 2,200 people will get to attend the coronation of King Charles III in the Westminster Abbey ceremony far fewer than the 8,000 in attendance for Queen Elizabeth's coronation in 1953. For the first time in history, the American president will not attend the coronation of a British sovereign. Representing Joe Biden will be the First Lady Jill Biden. Fuel prices continue to drop in Romania, standing at an average of 1.33 euro for both gasoline and diesel. In Bucharest, prices for standard gasoline range between 1.28 and 1.32 euro, while standard diesel sells for 1.28 up to 1.32 euro. Romania ranks second and third at EU level in terms of the cheapest prices for gas and diesel, respectively. The government on Thursday adopted the roadmap for the signing of funding contracts addressing 27 hospitals. Procedures are expected to be finalized by the end of the year. Seven new county hospitals will be built and equipped, 
while 20 public hospitals will be fitted with modern equipment. Total funding provided by the EU and European Investment Bank stands at 2 billion euro. For security reasons, the Republic of Moldova will shut down its airspace to all civilian aircraft on June the 1st, when the country will host a summit of European leaders, the Civil Aviation Authority in Moldova has announced. Only aircraft carrying official participants will be allowed to land. All drones will also be grounded starting May 31st. Kishino expects over 50 heads of state and government and representatives of EU institutions to attend the European Policy Community Summit, bringing together EU members and other 18 countries in Europe. The Republic of Moldova has been affected by Russia's war in Ukraine, which the pro-European president Maya Sandu has repeatedly condemned. Since the start of the conflict in Ukraine, missile debris has also crashed on Moldovan territory. In other news, the EU Foreign Affairs Council has adopted a disbursement of 40 million euro to support the Moldovan defense sector and a similar 30 million aid package addressing Georgia. The funds will be earmarked under the European PIS facility, which is also used to provide military assistance to Ukraine. The measure will finance non-lethal equipment, supplies and services to the units of the armed forces of the Republic of Moldova including technical training where required. A shooter killed at least eight people and wounded 13 in a drive-by shooting in Mladenovac, a town 60 kilometers from Belgrade. This is the second mass shooting in two days in Serbia. The suspect, a 21-year-old man who fled the attack scene, is in police custody. The reasons of the attack remain unclear. Serbia's interior minister Bratislav Gajac described the shooting as a terrorist attack without providing additional details. We recall that less than 48 hours before the attack, a teenager killed eight of his peers and a security guard in a school in Belgrade. The Serbian government is considering tougher gun laws. Nearly 40 plays will be performed on stage at the Fest Monodram festival held in Baku, a traditional event organized by the local Bakovia Theater. Eleven Romanian actors and a Ukrainian emeritus actor are competing for the grand prize. Amalia Takes a Deep Breath, an independent production of the Anti-Theater Association of Brasov, will open the festival tonight. And that was the news. The Romanian government has approved a timetable for the procedures for signing the funding contracts for 27 hospitals by the end of the year. This is Daniel Bills at the microphone with a report by Daniela Budu. The government in Bucharest on Thursday approved a timetable of signature procedures by the end of the year for the funding contracts of several hospitals in Romania. The field of healthcare is one of a maximum interest and concern for all citizens, to which we must give the appropriate attention as well as our responsible commitment in order to achieve what we have announced up to this moment, the country's Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca said. According to Dan Carbunaru, spokesman for the Romanian executive, the program focuses on the construction and fitting of seven new county hospitals, 
and also for the refurbishment or reconstruction of other 20 public city hospitals. The total sum to fund this program stays around 2 billion euros and will be covered from European funds through both the health program and the European Investment Bank. The timetable is pretty tight and involves the publication of the guidelines by the 15th of May and the appeals until the 10th of July, so that all the funding contracts be signed by the end of the year. According to the Minister of Investment and European Projects, Marcel Bolos, the deadlines set the opportunity for accessing funds through the Operational Health Programme. The programme, which was endorsed in late November by the European Commission, is a multi-fund programme with a total allotment of 5.8 billion euros. It's for the first time Romania benefits from a health programme to support mass investment in its hospital infrastructure, in high-quality medical services and in training the medical personnel, Marcel Bolos said after the endorsement of the project by the community executive. According to the minister, the Romanian medical system will be rebuilt on this budget so that the Romanians may benefit conditions, services and personnel at the level of the European countries with high-performing public healthcare systems. Also worth noting is the fact that investment from the blueprints to the construction and fitting of these medical facilities with the appropriate equipment must be ready until June 2026. A recent survey conducted by World Bank experts shows that Romania runs the risk of losing three major projects from the National Recovery and Resilience Plan due to the delays in various stages of the projects such as research, tenders and works. One of these projects that can be lost is the funding of the aforementioned 27 hospitals. Opposition in Romania and experts have repeatedly cautioned against the delays in the process of approving the list of the hospitals included in the program, which was eventually endorsed by the government in Bucharest in February. The Republic of Moldova and Georgia benefit from EU financial aid for the defense sector. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with more in this report by Stefan Stoika. The Foreign Affairs Council of the European Union has approved a 40 million euro worth of aid for the defense sector of the Republic of Moldova and a similar 30 million dollar aid for Georgia. The amount earmarked for the Republic of Moldova comes from the European Peace Facility, from which the military support for Ukraine is also financed, and the money will be used for non-lethal measures and acquisitions, which however strengthen the country's defense capacity. Among them are various equipment for aerial surveillance, for transport or for defense against cyber attacks. The finance services cover technical training for the Army of the Republic of Moldova. They increase the interoperability of this country's army and bring it closer to the standards used in the European Union in the military field. 
The head of European diplomacy, Joseph Borrell, says that Europe continues to help countries like the Republic of Moldova or Georgia to modernize their defense capabilities and participate in the Union's military missions. It is the third similar aid in the last two years, through which the Union partners these two countries to ensure stability and security in the region, against the background of the Russian threat. In another development, Bucharest has hosted this week a trilateral meeting, Romania-US-Moldova, on defence. Representatives of the British Ministry of Defence have also participated. The Secretary of State for Defence Policy, Planning and International Relations, Simona Kojokaru, has stated that in the current security context generated by the Russian aggression in Ukraine, the Republic of Moldova is exposed to hybrid threats and Russian propaganda and disinformation campaign. For Romania, it is a strategic priority to support the neighboring country in strengthening its resilience and defense capabilities. And the support shown by Romania, the United States and Great Britain clearly shows that the Republic of Moldova is not alone in this process, Simona Kojokaru stressed. Bilateral cooperation in terms of security and defense was also high on the agenda of the visit paid this week to Chisinau by the Romanian Minister of Defense, Angel Tilvar. He had meetings with his Moldovan counterpart, Anatoly Nosati, and was received by President Maya Sandu. Minister Tilvar stated once more that Romania stood by the Republic of Moldova in the process of reforming the army and increasing defense resilience in the face of a wide spectrum of threats. Maya Sandu said that Romania remains a strategic partner for strengthening the national defense and security capabilities. The Moldovan president thanked Bucharest for supporting Moldova in its European journey, including through the donation offered to improve the army's logistic system. That was Radio Newsreel. Focus on Romania. Time now for Song of the Day. We invite you to listen to DJ Project and Holy Moly with their hit, The Snowflake. Și dintre mii de forci, nu o să mă 
You're listening to Radio Romania International. The future starts today. Hello and welcome to The Future Starts Today. I am Kalin Kotsoy. The future of the Republic of Moldova does not sound good at all if the war in Ukraine does not finish, as all wish it would, even if Russian troops do not actually go into the Republic of Moldova. At that point, hope for Romanians on the left bank of the river Prut would be blown up. And the moment that there ceases to be hope for the European project in the Republic of Moldova, the consequences would be as bad as a Russian occupation. This is part of the statement made for Radio Romania by Dan Dungaciu, director of the Institute for Political Science and International Relations with the Romanian Academy, who made an analysis of the situation in the former Soviet Republic. According to him, security is at stake because the Republic of Moldova cannot integrate into the European Union if it does not control its territory because a case similar to that of Cyprus would not be acceptable to Brussels. For the time being, Romania is still the shortest way for European integration for Moldova which will always be what remains standing by it when everything is taken away. In a final dramatic situation, Romania is still here, ready to take on an even tragic partnership with the Republic of Moldova. That country is in a state of uncertainty, which is generated by the incertitude in the Ukraine. Let us hope that the war, however it may end, will still leave a gap sufficiently wide between Moldova and the area under full-scale war. As Ms. Maya Sandu herself suggested, if Russian troops come even closer to Odessa and the Black Sea, then Moldova stands no real chance of being defended. And this would be, in the end, the big issue for the Republic of Moldova, the way in which it solves its security problems. As Dan Dungacu points out, Politically speaking, right now, unfortunately, in the Republic of Moldova, the side that is pro-East, or is not pro-West, has win in its sails, as a result of the ambiguous war situation in Ukraine. Russia won't give up the idea of taking over power in Moldova, and is acting in various ways to install in Chisinau an obedient ruling class. This was a statement made by the present leader in Chisinau, speaking for the voice of Bessarabia. According to the pro-West Maya Sandu, it is only the heroism of the Ukrainian army that keeps the front line far from the border between Ukraine and Moldova. But her country is facing elements of a hybrid war. This opinion is shared by Anatol Shalaru, political observer and former member of the government in Chisinau. The Republic of Moldova is the target of a hybrid attack from Russia, 
it is the target of attempts to destabilize and overthrow the government. We can see weekly protests in Chisinau by the Shore Party and their supporters, but these are not economic or political protests. These are paid protests. No one comes to these protests without money. They are all paid starting from 20 euro, up to thousands of euro, depending on their particular task. Sadly, until a few months ago, the Republic of Moldova's governors did not want to admit the existence of this provocation, did not want to admit it is the target of a hybrid war, and that we are, directly or indirectly, in the crosshairs in this war waged by Russia. External pressures can destabilize gravely the internal situation in Moldova, because state institutions are weak and not up to the task of dealing with these challenges. As for the war in Ukraine, the analyst added, the pressure is great, and only Ukraine's victory can guarantee Moldova's security and guarantee bringing to a conclusion negotiations to join the EU, guaranteeing at the same time issues with separatism. Because once Ukraine's army prevails in this war, the Russian army, which is illegally stationed in Transnester, can simply go home in peace, because no one will allow this foothold in Transnester. The separatists, which are now encouraged by Moscow, pro-Russian parties and the fifth column, which get money and support from Moscow, will no longer get support. Transnester separatism, which is propped up by the Russian army, free Russian gas and economic aid from Moscow, will no longer get these things, because the gas pipeline that reaches Transnester crosses the territory of Ukraine. Gagau's separatism, which is also encouraged by Moscow, and partially by Hungary, will cease to exist, and then many of the problems we have today will vanish. Anatol Shalaru added that the Republic of Moldova is going through a very hard time, and it should be mentioned that it could always rely on help from Romania, without whose help it could not have weathered all the crises it faced so far. As the political analyst concluded, Romania was Moldova's advocate in the West, in the EU. There has not been a single meeting in Brussels or in any other place in the world discussing this area's problems, in which Romania failed to bring up the issues with the Republic of Moldova, bringing up the help that Europe has to grant a small country, which is the weak link in this political area. You've been listening to The Future Starts Today. This is Radio Romania International, cultural event. Welcome to cultural event. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu. Since Jana Popescu writes books for children and young people, recently she has launched a new story published by the Swedish publishing house Pioneer Press. Entitled The Wishing Ball, illustrated by Julia Ignat, the book is the author's third project in collaboration with the publishing house, managed by Arina Stoenescu, who is also a fine artist and a university professor in Stockholm, where she has lived since 1987. 
Let's listen to her. Profilul microediturii Pioneer Press este de carte bilingvă și ideea este de a lucra cu Pioneer Press publishes bilingual books and the idea is to work with the parallel text. Always the language from which it is translated is the first and the second is the one into which it is translated. If a book is originally written in Romanian, it will be a Romanian-Swedish book. I had the pleasure of meeting a lot of talented illustrators when I did a tandem project in Bucharest and Stockholm, where I invited Romanian illustrators and exhibited them in Stockholm, and Swedish illustrators whom I exhibited in Bucharest. That's how I founded the Illustrators Club. And in fact, this was also the point where I started to follow the children's book segment in Romania, which is still very much in its infancy, although it has gained some momentum and things are slowly growing. It is not mandatory that the second language is Swedish. For example, The Wishing Ball is a Romanian-English book. It is Sanziana Popescu's third collaboration with Pioneer Press after two other books, The Little Rainbow Car and The Teddy Bee Experiment. The second book was inspired by the unfortunate experience of children left in the country by Romanian parents who went to work abroad. Moreover, all the topics addressed by Sanziana Popescu are delicate social realities, the stories representing ways to make children understand them better. The author is also known for the fantasy series Andilandi, inspired by Romanian folklore. With more than 20 years of experience as an author, Sanziana Popescu has been able to observe the evolution of the children's book market in Romania. Here is what she concluded. De 10 ani încoace, cărțile pe care le-am văzut la noi au fost din ce în ce mai frumoase, din ce în ce mai... For 10 years now, the books that have appeared here have become more beautiful, more decorated and more intensely promoted. In 2013, when I went to Sweden, things were just starting. So the books are very beautiful, but I don't know if they sell as they deserve. Every time I go to a book fair abroad and we end up talking about the print run, I tell them that in the happiest case, a book is printed in, let's say, 1,000 copies. And they look at me in disbelief and they don't understand what's going on. The figures they run are totally different and they don't realize that our book market is still immature and needs to be supported. It has to start not only from us, the authors and illustrators who have associated and tried to change things, but also from the top, from the real decision makers that could really change things for the better. In anticipation of better times, authors and illustrators gather together in the association to promote and support each other, hoping that more and more families will buy their books. You have been listening to Cultural Event. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Sports Weekend. Today with me, Cristina Mateescu. Superbet Chess Classic Romania, the biggest annual chess tournament to be hosted by Bucharest, is getting underway this weekend. The competition brings together 10 of the world's best chess players, according to the International Chess Federation ranking, including the new world champion Ding Liren of China and Romania's Richard Report and Bogdan Dak. The tournament hosted by Bucharest is the first leg in the 2023 Grand Chess Tour, a series of international competitions. Moving on to handball next. 
Two Romanian sides are playing this weekend in the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinals. Rapid Bucharest are facing the Norwegian side Vipes Kristiansand, the winner of last year's edition of the league away on Saturday. Last Sunday in Bucharest, Vipes defeated Rapid 31-25. On Sunday, CSM Bucharest are playing at home at Sala Polivalenta in Bucharest against the Danish side Team Espieg. CSM, who are the Romanian vice-champions, have to win by at least five goals, as they lost away 32-28. The other two quarter-finals will see Gör playing Odense and Mez playing Ferencváros, with Gör and Mez considered the favourites as they won the first leg. Let's end this preview with football. The matches counting towards the seventh leg of the Romanian Football Super League are held this weekend. The so-called playout group, containing teams struggling not to get demoted, sees Voluntari play Mioveni and Kindia Târgoviște play Petrol Ploiești on Friday. On Saturday, Universitatea Cluj will face Botoșani, and on Monday, Hermannstadt will play FCU Craiova and FC Argeș will play UTA Arad. In the playoff group, Farul Constanța are playing Rapid Bucharest at home on Saturday. CFA Cluj are facing Universitatea Craiova on Sunday and FCSB are playing Sepsi Sfântul Gheorghe at home on Monday. Farul topped the ranking with 43 points, followed by FCSB with 40. And that's all in sports. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next up in this broadcast is Music Highlights. I'm Natamara Simeon with a feature devoted to the commemoration of 60s since the death of the great Romanian musician George Enescu. On May 4, 2023, Romania marks 68 years since the disappearance of George Enescu in Paris in rather unpleasant conditions. An exceptional personality of the 20th century, George Enescu was a great artist and a man of great character. And what matters most is the fact that he remained so until the last moment of his life. He did not change his integrity. His professional value could never be disputed, being considered on a par with the world's outstanding musicians. We start today with Aria and Scherzino, a chamber music opus created by Enescu in 1908, for solo violin and ensemble, consisting of first violin, second violin, viola, cello, double bass and piano, performing are Gabriel Croitoru and Croitoru String Virtuosi. Thank you. 
George Enescu was born in Livén, currently George Enescu Commune in the Northeast, on August 19, 1881, proving a special talent for music. He started playing the violin at the age of four, and a year later he appeared on stage for the first time and started taking composition lessons with the valuable composer Eduard Caudela. Each stage of his training at the Vienna Conservatory, then at the Paris Conservatory, the contacts he had throughout his life with great musicians and cultural personalities of his time contributed to the formation of a complex personality with a solid musical training and a vast culture. Enescu carried out a sustained and special activity in five directions, all mastered with high professionalism, being a violinist, conductor, pianist, composer, and teacher. Enescu was an inspired composer in his works of youth predominating the sounds of Romanian folklore. With the passing of the years and the accumulation of experience, his works became more and more elevated and modern in terms of musical language and style, with more or less obvious approaches to German and French music. Next, we invite you to listen to the leader, Languir Muffet, the first in the cycle of seven songs on verses by Clément Marat, Opus 15, for tenor and piano, began in 1907 and finished on July 7, 1908, in Paris, in a historical recording, the tenor Constantin Stroescu and Giorgio Enescu on the piano. George Enesco was known for his seriousness, tenacity, hard work, almost without interruption. Thanks to his extraordinary qualities, the great musician enjoyed the appreciation of his contemporaries. In the end of Music Highlights today, listen to a lesser-known and performed work from the chamber creation of George Enesco, Serenade Lointaine, Distant Serenade, for piano, violin, and cello from 1903 
performing a Ilinka Dumitrescu, Sherban Lupu and Marin Kazaku. Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next, Through the Looking Glass. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Through the Looking Glass. I'm your host, Elena Enake inviting you to join me for the next couple of minutes for an update on the most important decisions taken and proposals made by the EU institutions in the past two weeks. Among them are measures to fight commercial-scale online piracy of sports and other live events, 
and anti-corruption proposals to fight corruption across the European Union. Stay tuned. The European Commission has recently adopted a recommendation on how to combat commercial-scale online piracy of sports and other live events, such as concerts and theatre performances. Sports and live events contribute to fostering a diverse European cultural scene, to bringing citizens together and to providing a sense of community. The organization of such events, as well as their live transmission, require substantial investment, while at the same time they contribute to economic growth and job creation. Unauthorized streaming can cause significant loss in revenue for performers, live and sports events organizers and broadcasters, thus undermining the viability of the services they offer. The recent European Commission recommendation encourages member states, national authorities, holders of rights and providers of intermediary services to take effective, balanced and appropriate measures to fight unauthorized retransmissions of such streaming in full compliance with fundamental rights and personal data protection rules. According to a release on the European Commission's website, the recommendation focuses on three main areas. It stresses the importance of urgent action from providers of hosting services in order to minimize the harm caused by illegal streaming. It encourages the use of blocking injunctions tailored to live events and, in the case of live sports events, it encourages member states to grant legal standing to sport event organizers to seek an injunction where it is currently not possible. Finally, it recommends live and sports event organizers and broadcasters to increase the availability, affordability and attractiveness of their commercial offers to end-users across the European Union. It also calls on member states to raise users' awareness on legal offers to enjoy this type of content among consumers and on the issue of piracy among enforcement authorities. The recommendation also enhances the cooperation amongst the relevant national authorities and between right holders and intermediaries to better tackle the phenomenon of unauthorized retransmissions of live events. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Corruption is highly damaging to society, to democracies, to the economy and to individuals. It undermines the institutions on which we depend, diminishing their credibility, as well as their ability to deliver public policies and quality public services. It acts as an enabler for organized crime and hostile foreign interference. Successfully preventing and fighting corruption is essential both to safeguard EU values and the effectiveness of EU policies and to maintain the rule of law and trust in those who govern and in public institutions. Corruption is by its nature difficult to quantify, but even conservative estimates suggest that it costs the EU economy at least 120 billion euros per year. The negative effects of corruption are felt worldwide, undercutting efforts to bring good governance and prosperity and to meet the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. 
Global corruption indices put many EU member states among the countries seen as the least corrupt in the world. However, corruption remains a key concern for people across the EU, with Eurobarometer data showing that in 2022, almost 7 in 10 Europeans, that is 68%, believed that corruption was widespread in their country and only 31% were the opinion that their government's efforts to combat corruption are effective. Therefore, the European Commission presented on May 3rd a number of anti-corruption proposals, which represent a milestone in the fight against corruption at national and EU level. Thus, according to a report on the European Commission's website, the Commission will step up its action building on measures in place, strengthening efforts to integrate the prevention of corruption into the design of EU policies and programmes, and actively supporting member states' work to put in place strong anti-corruption policies and legislation. The key elements included in the European Commission's proposal are communication on the fight against corruption, stronger rules to fight corruption, preventing corruption and building a culture of integrity, harmonizing definitions of criminal offenses prosecuted as corruption to cover not only bribery, but also misappropriation, trading and influence, abuse of functions, as well as obstruction of justice and unlawful enrichment related to corruption offenses. Also, an EU network against corruption, bringing together law enforcement, public authorities, practitioners, civil society and other stakeholders, will act as a catalyst for corruption prevention across the EU and will develop best practices and practical guidance. One key task of the network will be to support the Commission to map common areas where corruption risks are high across the EU. The proposed directive on combating corruption will have to be negotiated and adopted by the European Parliament and the Council before it can become EU law. Dear friends, that's been all from today's Through the Looking Glass. I leave you in the company of music. Listen to Zoya Aleku with one of her love songs. Until next time, it's goodbye. Secondo è un battito, non amrebbe, non posso mai aspettare. Se fiu con tine, io tot ce vreau acum. Dar stiu ca mâine, iar vei porni la drum. Vidoar o zi și pleci, tu nici nu știi.
te duci la gară și trenul pleacă iar Noaptea coboară din cer fără hotar Încă o lună va trece până vii Și împreună iubitule vom fi Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with Mila Kramlara Simeon. Today's program features Aurel Tamash, one of the most famous traditional music singers born and raised in Transylvania in Borsha, Cluj County. He will be performing the piece I Have a Passion and a Longing. Hai, și-am să mor E dragoste și e dor, măi Hai, hai, și-oi muri După palele mândrii, măi S-a tăcit ca păpicior Și-mi aduce în E păpchicior pe călchie Și-mi aduce lăcomnie Lume, hai, hai, și-am să mor E dragoste și e dor, măi Hai, hai, și-o-i muri După palele mândrii, măi Și cu gropii nobrăjori De dragoste pot să mor Lume, hai, hai, și-am să mor E dragoste și e dor, măi Hai, hai, și-o-i muri După palele mândrii, măi Viața l-a iubit După palele mândrit 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.